Hey guys, Deadpool here. Just wanted to tell you about a little event that's happening on March 23rd. Fun for Funs, it's a Journey into Comics Network event. Featuring live podcasts from Bruce with Dudes, Podcastrophy, Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey into Comics. As well as performances by band number one, Boner Jovi. Ooh, that sounds fun. Walk Among Us, Yesterday's Chips. Also featuring live stand-up by comedian Patrick Murray. He's so much fun. Presented by Journey into Comics Network and the Doom Room. North and Pub, Lafayette, Indiana. Doors for three. Podcasts at four with bands at 730. $10. It's 21 and up. Don't try to sneak in, you silly kids. Following, following the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. This is Liz Sturba, co-host of Adulting Ain't Easy, and you're listening to Journey into Comics Best of the Week. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Ben Affleck will no longer be. The Batman saying, yeah, I am. I have decided. Uh, I tried to direct a version of it, worked with a really good screenwriter, but couldn't come up with a version. Couldn't crack it. So I thought it was time to let someone else take a shot at it, and they got some really good people. Warner Brothers, oh, oh, and then Jimmy Kimmel actually did something really cool where uh, he uh, <clears throat> retired Affleck's cape and cowl into the rafters at his studio, and uh, he, was, he asked... Ben Affleck, do you want to say anything like as a like a a bow out moment? And he said, uh, "I'm not Batman, I guess." So that was pretty funny. We'll see what happens with uh, Batman, the Batman coming in 2021 with Matt Reeves. So looks like that's uh, you know that's all she wrote for Ben Affleck. It's interesting because the 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 whole thing with. Um, the whole entire thing with the Matt Reeves universe that he's trying to create uh, comes back to the what ifs and possibilities. Uh, somebody had suggested it was actually Jack Black himself, as I covered last week, suggested that he play the Penguin. Somebody made fan art of the Penguin. This guy, uh, let's see, what's his username? Jackson Durr, that's J-A-X-S-O-N-D-E-R-R on Instagram, did an original edit of uh, Jack Black as the Penguin, it looks really fucking good. I really dig it. It, I mean, you know, it's really photoshopped, but it has to be. You gotta come up with something. But man, uh, I don't. I, th- I feel like maybe Jack Black would just be a pinch too goofy. It would be, you know, a hard sell. Hard sell. It could work really well. It could be really, really good and creative and bring out a different darkness to that character. Or it could totally back fucking fire and be shitty and not good. Uh, you know, both of those things are possible as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see, man. I, like I said, I think, listen, if I'm fan casting what we do with the Batman movie that, that Matt Reeves has, like if, I, if I'm really, as a fan of Batman, saying what would I do to reinvigorate this universe, this tired character that's kind of been done several different ways, a couple attempts really well, a couple attempts maybe a little bit more poorly, a couple attempts somewhere in the middle. You're not going to be perfect every time and hit the mark. You know, uh, I feel like, here's my thought. 
I would do a Batman movie where it's Batman at the peak of his like popularity and greatness, and I would have Robin there, obviously. I would, however, for the sake of the movie universe, switch it up and make Robin Damian Wayne pre the events of Apocalypse, pre him becoming essentially Superman. I would have Damian Wayne there. And I would have Batman there. So you have kind of like your young assassin, Damian Wayne, Kid Robin thing. Uh, a very seasoned Bruce who's not too old. He's, he's like I said, he's he's peaking. He's 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 the LeBron James of, of Batman, or he's the Michael Jordan in 96 Batman, right? Uh, 96 Jordan Batman. So he... Uh, you know, it, it would be like, okay, so Batman would be kind of hyper-focused on getting everything right and a major catastrophe would happen. Something unplanned that would cause Arkham to be opened up. Now you would go, oh my god, there's so many options and you can go so many places. Where would you go? What would you do? Who would you, who would you pull from? And it's like, would you pull from Penguin? Meh, maybe. Honestly, and you guys have heard it, it's tired, I know. Riddler's my first choice. It's easy for me. He's very intelligent. He's very crazy. He's very unpredictable. He also is very calculated. If you follow along to the rules of his game, he usually is fair, right? So that creates an interesting thing, and then you would say, well, do you need a second villain? Can Riddler carry the whole thing? Not really. He really can't, but you don't need him to because... In the subset of this whole movie, you need a secondary thing to carry Bruce along because you need to have, in order to make the first The Batman movie successful, it needs to see Bruce at his breaking point. It needs to see Robin ready to kind of leave or to go be bigger than himself. You know, he isn't going to leave, but he's just, he feels like he could be doing so much more and Batman's holding him back. And I think that Selena Kyle plays a hand. Selena kind of starts to date Bruce. She maybe influences Damien. Damien's like, who the fuck is this bitch? He starts to do a little bit of investigative journalism himself, realizes she's the Catwoman. Dad, how you fucking can't figure this out? What? Get out of here. You couldn't figure that out? World's greatest detective? Are you sure? You're supposed to be 96 Batman Jordan, bro. You can't be 96 Batman Jordan. It's not happening, man. You're trash. You couldn't figure it out. So that creates tension between those two, right? Then it will ultimately create a turn where in the end, towards the end of the movie is when you have the Joker show up. The unpredictability of the Joker is what sets the tone because Joker hurts Batman and you think he might be dead. Damien shows up and saves the day. So then you put over the young hero. They don't do that. They always make Batman this true hero. You really, truly put Damien over and make him the man. And then, and then, Catwoman does that, like, chaotic neutral thing where she's like, okay, Bruce, I love you and I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to get us in this mess. And Joker is crazy and Riddler is eventually, he's not caught. Now, that's one thing I want to keep in mind, too. Riddler is not caught, but Batman learns to play along to Riddler's rules this one time. And it creates for interesting drama, too, because he's kind of doing shit that typically Bruce wouldn't do. He's not necessarily following the normal formula. 
That's just what I would do. And I don't know if Penguin is necessarily the best sell, but who am I to tell? I don't know. Uh, let's, uh, you know what? There's a little bit of, you know what? Let's, do we want to do that first? There's like a couple bits of comic book news and there's a little bit of TV news in the DC land before we want to move over to the Marvel moments. Uh, let's double down on some DC here with... DC officially canceling the second coming. Uh, that's not a porn title. Um, and it is also uh, uh, funny that, that it just... It's official, guys. He's not coming back. The second coming has been canceled. As amidst protests from religious groups, DC has apparently canceled second coming. It's planned Vertigo series that would have had, te had teamed Jesus Christ with a Superman analog. Uh, it was first announced by Vertigo back in June of 2018. Second Coming attracted the attention of Christian activist and Fox News in weeks leading up to the planned publication of its first issue this coming March. Uh, retailers received an email recently indicating that orders up for the first two issues of the series had been canceled and the title would not be resolicited. The comic goes on the heels of over 100,000 signatures gathered on a petition to kill the book on the grounds that it was outrageous and blasphemous. They took issue with the notion that God would unfavorably compare Jesus to a superhero and give him homework to be a better messiah. Man, comic retailer Ryan Higgins recently tweeted uh, alerting fans that they, the, of the cancellation, noting, No one tell DC that they published Preacher. <laughs> Truth. Um, man, this is crazy. I guess it's weird to me, you guys. Uh, we're in America. And I think you should have the right to say and do what you uh, want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. I think that if you have a satirical comic book with a different twist on the approach of uh, the the alleged Messiah Jesus, uh, that honestly, just being real here, it should be published for people to judge and, and decide whether the story was wholesome and had good value or was just trash to be trash, right? I mean, think about it like this. These guys could go, and if they really want to make this fucking book, do a Kickstarter. Go around the fucking system and make it anyways. Get it to your true fan base, the people that really want it, right? You guys follow me. We'll buy the book, and then we'll review it, and we'll talk about how funny it is or fucked up it is. And then it becomes even greater because now DC's second coming that would have just been an afterthought if no one would have fucking protested it like idiots. Like, I wasn't really that interested in this. Like, I didn't really care. I'm not going to read some Jesus book, man. That's not my bag. That's not what I'm into. But because of all the uproar and all the stir and all the occurrence that happened with it, it's like, man, I think I need to have this. So I'm really hoping that they do a Kickstarter and they do decide to uh, ruffle some feathers and still bring it. I would back it. I would absolutely back it. I'm sure there are other people that would back it. I'm sure they would get more than 100,000 signatures to say, please bring it out. Please, we'll give you $5 each. You know, just print the fucking book. Do it digitally. I don't give a shit. It has to, there has to be proofs of it somewhere. You know, release it somehow. Maybe release it for free. That would just be, maybe that's what they'll do. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, this is, to me, kind of shitty. Uh, it's unfortunate that DC has to censor itself in a world where our president can say grab her by the pussy and all the other kinds of crazy shit that he's said um, and touts how great he is when he's not. But I digress. This is not a political podcast. You can check that out uh, whenever AP decides to get political over on Poor360, bud. Uh, big shit maybe tomorrow. Who knows? I don't know what topic he ends up getting for this week. I'm not, I can't remember what I voted on. Fuck. I have to go look. 
I have to go fucking look at some point. Panicked. Oh, no, I can't remember what I voted on. I'm a bad person. Anyways, this drink break is actually brought to you once again by Poor360. Okay. Ooh, that's delicious. Water is so good. Yummy, yummy in my tummy. So, while DC Comics has canceled Second Coming, there's kind of other things that have happened as... Doomsday Clock and Batman Damned have both been delayed. I've got a little bit more news on Batman Damned in a second. Let's just cover this real quick. Two of DC's most buzzed about series, Batman Damned and Doomsday Clock, have been delayed. Uh, upcoming issues, according to retailers. Again, Ryan Higgins of Comics Conspiracy tweeted out news about Batman Damned 3, originally set to go on sale March 27th. The issue from Brian Azzarello and artist Jim Bermejo will be the final issue for the first ever DC Black Label miniseries. While sales have been brisk and fans are enthusiastic enough to say that Diamond Select Toys yesterday announced a Batman Damned Venomate, uh, the series has some stumbling blocks. It's most famous for having uh, recalled its sold-out first issue after fans complained that uh, Bermejo's art revealed full frontal Batman nudity in one panel. You saw the shroom, it's true. Uh, Doomsday Clock, however, has been delayed until March 6th, at least for now. Marking the latest in a series of incremental delays for the issue, which will pit Superman against Dr. Manhattan. The Watchmen follow-up, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, and Brad Anderson, has been a big commercial success. But when it started to slip behind schedule early in its run, DC announced that the book would be going on a bi-monthly schedule, shipping every two months rather than monthly. Doomsday Clock 8 hit the stands the first weeks of December, with 9 originally slated for the release last week. That has now been pushed to March 6th. That will be making it a full three months between issues. The story is set a year in the future of the DC Universe, and the original plan was for DC Comics to catch up to it by the time it concluded. That plan has likely been scrapped at this point, since DC has various other events from Heroes in Crisis to the just-announced Year of the Villain project in works. Doomsday Clock is a very involved story, and I didn't think that the bi-monthly schedule was favorable for the title. But our numbers have not decreased. We're still selling out and reordering it, and still selling out of reorders. So, you know, it's really... Sometimes it sucks when delays happen because you want your books. You know, you obviously want to talk about them and whatnot. But, man, uh, it's okay when it's for a good reason, and I think... Slow and Steady wins the race for both those books. Batman Damned, uh, once the third book is out, I'm going to review that series as a whole. I'll read all three books. We'll talk about them here. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, Doomsday Clock, I, I want that to be perfect. That's a story that's bigger than just one thing. You're really, you're changing the face of DC Comics by introducing and hopefully keeping a lot of these characters locked in that you've created for this doomsday clock story so uh you know it's recently they they also i do want to also mention for the batman damn they actually this is how serious they are they canceled orders by dc comics for uh or, or batman damned orders were canceled by dc comics sorry got that little bit of uh dyslexia going on there uh because it's obviously not ready yet, and they have some panels they want to repaint or whatever and get right. But uh, that just shows, man, they're like, hey, 
You'll get the book when it's time, but we're not even we don't even want you to order this yet because we don't know when it's gonna be done. We don't want to fucking have your money sitting around forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and the book never come out. That's not gonna happen. But you never know. You have to be planned for anything. So uh Batman damned three orders cancelled. That's a sucky situation. This week, and this is weeks will be a little different than episodes past. This one's going to get a little ranty because it's a topic that I've kind of flip flopped on as the years have gone on, or about the year that this uh, particularly event has gone on. Been a little excited, and now I'm kind of more. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to put my feelings. I'm happy. I'm, I'm conflicted. Conflicted is a good way to put that. And yeah, it's a topic that I put out there. I saw it. I was thinking about it, and it's gonna come up in a few months this thing's all gonna be finalized but yeah this topic which was up against the green new deal and this topic is on antitrust and specifically about the disney fox merger now i know what you're thinking that disney fox you're listening to the journey to comics network you're like yes disney fox all of the fox marvel properties are coming home this is great news Disney is getting back. Marvel is getting back what they need. They're also going to get back the original Star Wars film, which means they'll be all complete. There's more unity. There's more connectivity that they can do between the characters they sold off years ago. And people are like, yeah, now next Disney just needs to get Sony. But let's not talk about that. That's a whole other thing, and that would be a terrible idea. But yes, I was like a lot of you. I saw, once this deal was happening, and I knew Fox was putting itself on the market... Disney was interested. I'm like, yes, I saw that. As a big MCU fan, I was like, oh, this will be great news. We'll get the characters back. We might get a different Fantastic Four. We might see them roll the Fantastic Four in, especially as we're wrapping up things post-Endgame. And I was I was excited because I was like, the thought of the future, what it could bring for Marvel Studios and the other properties, and the fact that with, Star, with all of the Star Wars back under Disney's hold actually kind of funny thinking about fox or disney and star wars and fox is that they could in theory if they keep since they technically would own the rights to the the fox intro the the big high dun 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 they could throw that in front of a star wars movie but that would probably be too too much but it would be interesting but um we can actually get but speaking of the stars we can actually get a nice maybe blu-ray re-release with maybe the original cuts, now that they'll have access to all of those cuts again. All the original theatrical runs. We probably won't because it's George Lucas, but George Lucas signed Star Wars away from himself. So if Disney wanted to do it, they would, and that's money on the table that no people would buy. Because me and like a lot of other people have... Someone made digitally made the unspecial edition versions, and I have it on my computer. And I know Nate does, other guys in the network do, and just... It's good to see what was changed and how things were kind of jazzed up when George Lucas put his hands back into the pot. But, yes, we're talking about Disney, this mega corporation that now will have Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, all the Fox properties. Like, it's just, it's becoming this big fish that's eating a bunch of smaller fish and becoming this giant beast that's hard to come up against. And I... When I didn't think about the logistics and all that, I was excited for it. But as I kind of was thinking more about... Like, a lot of movies I like that are dramas that aren't really tied to this are all kind... Or sometimes are under, like, the Fox Searchlight banner. Or how, like, Sky Studios, another part of Fox, 
does like the, like the Peanuts movie and some of the Dr. Seuss things. So, and that will all get eaten. And you're like, well, that doesn't mean much. They'll just have the rights. They can still release movies under that banner. But I was thinking, like, how Disney operates, they're still only going to release X films a year. They're no longer going to have to worry about competition. So it's like, well, say Fox released, say, 20 movies a year. Very, this is very small, probably a fraction of what they actually do. And Disney releases 20 films a year. When Disney acquires Fox, they're not going to release all of a sudden 40 films a year because, why? They'll still see the same level of proceeds. They may release 25 or 30. They're not going to release the same amount. So we're going to see less movies overall because you're... And, like, there's six major studios now, or roughly six. I don't know the exact number, but there's... It's not as many as you think. And when Disney purchases Fox and this deal goes through, there'll be five. So it means if you're a creator, if you're someone going out there, it's like, I want to make a movie. You only have five studios. That's reducing your percentage of your movie going anywhere. Obviously, yes, there's streaming networks. And all, there's, there's more studios popping up every time, but they're all at different levels. These big, massive studio bodies. And Disney just took a big chunk of market share. They can control, like... You don't want to get on Disney's bad side now. Not like you really could before, but... The biggest blockbusters of the year are now coming out through Disney. Especially when you know there's, what, three or four Avatar sequels still forthcoming that'll be under Disney. You have the future of Star Wars and Marvel coming out under Disney. You have Pixar coming out under, like, you know, they can say, we want more from the box office now. Or we won't give you the right soda. We'll throw it on our streaming service. Or we'll buy a bunch of studio, or buy a bunch of theater chains and only show it there. Sorry, AMC. Sorry, Regal. Like, that's something they could actually do because they will control that much of the market share and can dictate those terms. And that's why people always think this is an antitrust issue. This is what the kind of the topic was for today. That you're preventing something from becoming more powerful, something that they can control and just say, start dictating terms because there's no other option. Yes, you have other studios. Like, oh, you can go see something through Sony great, but they're still only going to release X amount of films a year. They're able to say, oh, well, the, all the things I want to see, like this Disney streaming service, they're, they're dubbing kind of the Netflix killer or the Hulu killer. You've already saw, like, as of the time you listen to this, just yesterday, uh, they effectively canceled The Punisher and Jessica Jones before their seasons even are coming out. They're pulling all of the Marvel from Netflix put on their thing. So like they don't want any reason to go to Netflix for anything that they create. We're not going to see Star Wars movies on there. We're not going to see anything Marvel. Like, no new Marvel films will be on there. Captain Marvel will be on the Disney streaming service. Endgame will be on the Disney streaming service after its release. There's no... People are going to start to decide, like, if I want all of this, I'm going to have to go to the Disney. Then they have you for another platform. Hulu, they're going to own by it. So it's not, they don't really want to kill Hulu. They're just going to bolster it with their other content, their adult content. They might put... They might make a Deadpool show, like an animated show they'll put on Hulu, because Hulu's going to be their adult alternative, because the Disney Plus is always going to be family-friendly. They're not going to put a rated R film there. They're not going to put... They're going to put all their stuff on Hulu. A lot of their Fox stuff, like the other... Like the more adult Fox stuff is probably going to go on Hulu. They're going to keep everything pretty close to the vest, and we're going to have to see how this all shakes out. And this originally I came up with this topic is I kind of stole upon an article, which I'll kind of dive into now because it's kind of all-encompassing, and then I'm going to kind of break down more of the acquisition, obviously, from Wikipedia because that's my big source here. 
like I said, Wikipedia and alcohol is how I get through my show. And as well as, like, kind of some of the students they're going to be absorbing. And then kind of going into the history of antitrust law. Since the oil industry and the train industry and all of that. Though I guess the railroad industry, not really the train industry. But you, you know what I mean. Now, what I have here is an article from Screen Rant. And the title of the article is, The Really Bad Effects of the Disney-Fox Deal Explained. So now, with Disney's acquisition of Fox all but confirmed, the truly dark side effect of the monumental deal have come under scrutiny. In December 2015, the December 2017, sorry, the Walt Disney Company announced plans to acquire 21st Century Fox for around 52 billion in stock. The deal would give them control over some of the most iconic and historical assets in the modern American entertainment industry, including 20th Century Fox's film and TV studios, the Fox network groups, and assorted cable networks such as FX and stakes in National Geographic and Hulu. Defending off competition from Comcast, Disney upped their bid for Fox to a staggering $71.3 billion, with the acquisition being approached by shareholders on July 27, 2018. The deal can be fil- can fully confirmed by June 2019. Much has been written on the seismic getting back to the Disney Fox acquisition will have on the entertainment industry and international media as a whole. Disney were already one of the most powerful media entities on the planet having built up a sizable fortune over the decades on the backs of their iconic image and the tenants of Walt Disney himself. In the last 10 years or so, their profits have exploded thanks to the purchase of major pop culture properties like Marvel and Star Wars, ensuring their undisputed domination of the worldwide box office. For the past three years running, Disney has had more films in the worldwide top 10 highest grossing films than any other studio. The Fox deal would not only give Disney film rights to the X-Men, Deadpool, and Fantastic Four franchises, almost completing the Marvel lineup, but control over major properties like Alien, Avatar, and The Simpsons, to name but three. It'll also give them a majority stake in streaming service Hulu and stakes in studios internationally such as Fox India. The merger of these two studio giants could give Disney an unprecedented 40% control over the worldwide box office. This is a level of power and industry-wide influence that has been widely criticized since the acquisition was first announced. Many industry experts warned of the negative consequences of monopoly of a media monopoly of this scale, and although the magnitude of it may not be fully evident until all the paperwork is signed, we are seeing the first rumblings of change happening, and the signs aren't good. The Disney-Fox mill means major job losses. So during mergers, job losses are inevitable, and when the companies involved are the scale of Disney and Fox, it's safe to say that the industry experts are predicting something of a bloodbath for Fox employees. An October 2018 article from The Hollywood Reporter cited claims that Fox executives that generous severance would be offered to those soon to be let off workers, but no indication of the time was given as to how many layoffs were expected. Former CEO of 20th Century Fox film Stacy Snyder noted in an interview with Friday how stressful the situation was for that many Fox employees whose job security was at risk for a whole year. Numbers around how many employees will lose their jobs after the merger. An omnisciently titled piece in The Hollywood Reporter that referred to the merger as making 21st Century Fox disappear, the number given was 4,000 layoffs from a base of 22,000 employees worldwide. Disney, by comparison, has about 201,000 employees worldwide. However, even they say that number may be conservative prediction, inciting Disney skeptic analyst Rich Greenfield who puts the number between 5,000 and 10,000 people. Layoffs of the scale won't happen all at once. They'll be staggered across weeks or even months to make the extent of the damage seem lessened. A common tact with businesses is evidenced by the recent layoffs at BuzzFeed, which took several days. It's a long time for these employees to wait to find out their fate. 
and it's a disastrous step for the industry at large to put so many people out of work. The human cost of such business decision is oft overlooked during reporting, with much of the focus on fizzier stories like what films we made next, but with thousands of people about to be unemployed and one less studio available for them to work at, the merger will have an immediate negative impact that goes far beyond the supposed upsides. Now, how will this kind of affect how we see movies? Now, Disney's already having trouble spacing out their plethora of films and franchises across the calendar in a manner that will give them, give each of them a fair short shot at financial success. Dumbo will release in late March despite being completed in time for a late 2018 spot. It was only pushed back to avoid clashing with Nutcracker in the Four Realms and Mary Poppins Returns. And generally speaking, Disney doesn't release all of that many movies. In 2019, they only have around nine titles in theaters with major releases, not including Fox properties soon to fall under their umbrella. Compare that to Universal Pictures, who will have, which, who will have 15 titles coming out this year, while 20th Century Fox has 13 titles scheduled for release in 2019, including the repeatedly delayed X-Men Dark Phoenix and The New Mutants. With that studio about to be consumed by Disney, the release schedule as we know it will be completely revamped, and that probably won't be a good thing. Fox has made some great business decisions in their past, but they're also not immune from taking, making a few flops. In the first two months of 2019, they have released The Kid Who Would Be King and Alita Battle Angel, both of which are predicted to lose hundreds of millions of dollars combined for the studio. Those movies were the sort of risk Disney would probably never take, so it seems safe to assume we won't see the likes of them coming out of the studio anytime soon following the merger. If Disney only had to compete with themselves for Fox for box office supremacy, then they have far less incentive to produce more or varied content. The Disney model of content is already one with surprising limitations. After all, this is the studio that has built a decades-long sustainable brand without releasing R-rated movies. These historically came under a different studio name like Touchstone, and so it's unlikely they will see that will entirely kill such films, such Fox films post-merger, but they perhaps won't be a priority, particularly if there are bigger budget efforts such as the Aliens movies. James Mangold, director of Logan, was one of the many to express concerns that the merger would limit such storytelling opportunities since they don't fit with Disney's brand. In areas where Disney completely dominate, they will be less likely to invest in shows, films, and the like that further credit out the work they would put front and center. For example, will Fox's Blue Sky Studios animated films, which Disney will own once the merger is complete, Get further investment when Disney and Pixar are the undisputed icons of American animation and don't want anything in their way to prevent maximum grosses. The overcrowding problem Disney faced can easily be solved if they continue to further focus their attention on their most popular brands, many of which have already owned pre-purchase and aren't the focus comparing to the TV weight. The conundrum extends to the hot properties Disney will own post-acquisition, including the remainder of the Marvel properties not currently under the umbrella of Marvel Studios. This aspect of Disney buying Fox has been the most exciting part for many fans in the areas that garnered the most enthusiastic reporting. But much of that has ignored the reality of the business. Marvel has their next phase planned out already, and so whatever comes from the X-Men and Fantastic Four will have to be adjusted to fit that. Considering that Marvel Studios is already releasing three films a year, which some have argued is oversaturating the market, there's a cap to expansion in traditional terms. Red meat, we create sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. That's a lot of desserts. It's a great dessert menu. It's a great time to be alive, guys. (laughs) Boss Man Tacos is killing it. Here's one thing I want to say about Boss Man Tacos per my review. Like, 
I really believe in their mission statement, and I and I don't know their mission statement personally, but I feel like, well, no, but like, <laughs> I really believe in this statement. <laughs> Get it. Go on. I'm interesting to know where this just, road leads. Just hear what I'm saying. <laughs> I can tell from their cooking what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. I can taste in their food a genuine love and passion for what they do and a knowledge that they can be original and game-changing just by thinking outside of the standard box. There are thousands of restaurants in Northwest Indiana to go to that are, no offense, El Guero's or The Ranch or any of these places. They don't have anything like what Boss Man Tacos has, and that that's what literally makes them stand out. Right. You know, they're, they are the Johnny Wrestling in a group of Johnny has-beens, you know, and I don't mean to be mean to any of these other businesses. They've all made great tacos that I've loved, but there is a clear difference. Yeah, this place stepped it up. It's I, very good. I highly recommend it. Boss Man Tacos. Check them out. Yeah. I also need to talk about the elote. Oh, please oh, do. Shit. Get on it. We didn't even talk about the elote, which yeah, I liked. I need to talk about it real quick because... I can't, like, I was addicted to it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I wanted it, like, every day. They have, uh, I don't know if you guys know about elote. Uh, if you don't, it's Mexican corn that has, like, uh, mayonnaise and seasonings and things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually you get it at the fair, like, on a stick. But this is in a cup, which is better. I appreciate the cup. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, as do I. You can take it home, too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they have their traditional elote, which is it was nice. Um, the sweet corn is really good. It's like really big kernels of sweet corn, which is what I really liked. Covered in butter. Oh, man. But they make a house elote that they call the boss elote in a cup. And it has corn, butter, mayo, cilantro. Uh, I don't know how to say this kind of cheese. Let me see. Is it cotilla? I don't know how to say that. But that's like that really sharp Mexican cheese. Oh, yeah. Cotilla. Yeah. Cotilla cheese with and the, whatever that seasoning is. Yeah. That's the tajin seasoning. I think that's how you say that. Uh, that's, it was zingy. Yeah. it's um. It tastes like those... Uh, what is the, the powder? that uh, Like lemon lime sort of powder? Oh, yeah. And those lime chips. Yeah. Like that that candy. Like it's like it comes in those little packets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like that, like that really sharp lime taste, which I like. All of those flavors were yeah. good for me. Um, and I, like I said, was addicted to it for a hot second there. <laughs> I had it to was slow very down. Because, uh, yeah, it's like 250 and you get this giant cup of, what is it, like an eight ounce thing? It's very shareable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could have, yeah. like, two or three bites on it, and there would still be an entire cup. Yeah, you guys didn't like it as much as I did. I really liked it. I, I liked it. it. I thought mine had a lot of cheese on it, but, I mean, Yours it was still did. Good. Yours had more cheese on it than any of the ones I had when mm-hmm. I ordered it. You just, uh... It had but, a lot of toppings on it, so it was just yeah. very sharp, but I would still get it again. I liked it. Yeah, I, um... I thought it was very good, and I needed to say something about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you said something about it. I think that uh, 
if we pitched it to them, I feel like we could probably rock out an episode at Boss Man Taco sometime. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be fun. Maybe have uh, – I'm going to fuck up his name. It's Vinny something, Vinny P. Pascali. Eh, that's probably not right. I don't know who you're talking about. The owner of Boss Man Tacos. Oh. Because, see, that's not – I'm not done with the story because I, I, I wrote this really nice review, heartfelt review – genuinely saying how much I believed in this food because it was so fucking good. Like, I don't usually rave on that level about a place, but I really did. And uh, he wrote back that uh, in, like, a message that he, 30 years later, that's why he cooks for people is for to hear things like that, you know. Nice. And that my words were going to make him better, and he was going to grow from that, which was really nice to hear but then he also said that it moved him to tears to hear me say these things you oh, know about nice. his food and um well it was warranted <laughs> it was, that's exactly what i'm yeah. saying like it was it was warranted because i don't ever like like anything enough to you know promote it online or ever write a review or anything like that like i don't even yeah, and and I'm I'm not the type of person to like go on Yelp and be like your food sucked or oh my god this food's great. I just I don't I don't care enough about anything to do that. Um, I'm taking time out of my life to tell you all to go eat at this restaurant because it was that good. I mean, we've got um, friends coming in to town soon in the near future. This is a place we're taking them. Like yeah, like Tyler, Skyler, Yuhas. Y'all motherfuckers are eating there, whether you know it or not. Like, it's it's going to happen because it's worth it. Like, it's an amazing experience. And I can't wait to hear what other people think about it who've never had these kind of outside-the-box tacos. Yeah. Because their boss... Be fun. Oh, you know what? And, and to talk on the DoorDash, I got one of their... I got the Bloody Mary pork taco mm-hmm. that they have from their boss man tacos. It was not one that I probably would order again, honestly. Um, maybe it's just because it didn't come out well through DoorDash and it sat too long or something. I'm not really I sure. I think it maybe. was the DoorDash thing. It just yeah. wasn't. It wasn't what I'm vibing. I, mean, I, I feel gonna... like there's a difference of eating at home and eating at a restaurant. Also mm-hmm. very true. Because you know it's going to be sitting. It's going to get a little mushy. It's going to the steam is going to affect it or whatever. Right. Absolutely. There's right. nothing like sitting down and getting fresh food served yeah. to you and eating God. it right then. And our service that day was so good, too. Our waitress was amazing. Oh, my gosh, amazing. I loved all the staff there. Everybody was super nice, which is very rare. Totally, especially Here, in Northwest yeah, yeah. Indiana. Everybody's so jaded. Mm-hmm. You know? At least that's been our experience. Yeah. I mean, but I It was a good experience, and we had to tell you guys about it. So we literally <laughs> had to interrupt this normal broadcast. We told, like, AP messages, and he's like, hey. Can Liz and I do foodies? We haven't been on in a while. You guys probably want a little bit of a break, which we had been going consistently between doing this and Gallif Radio. I think we've had a podcast for like... It's been a lot of podcasts. 20 weeks in a row or something, we've done at least one show together. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was like, yeah, of course we want to take the weekend off. You know, that'd be great. And then as soon as I saw you say that, it was like, oh, fuck, we have to talk about those tacos. We, (laughs) We can't not do that. Like... I wanted to record a foodies that day. That's how inspired I was about it. Like we really probably should have, but it's okay. I digress. <laughs> it was. It is what it is. It was still amazing. I cannot wait to show more people about Bossman Tacos in Highland. If you're in the area, if you're going through the area, if you're jumping off of 8094 on your way between Detroit and Chicago or somewhere on on that path, 
go to Boss Man Tacos. It will be worth your time. I promise you that. Word. Uh, now, I think we should probably stop interrupting Liz and AP because they're, well, they were just like, and we have wine. And I just said, fuck you. We're cutting it off. Like, we're going right now. We're just going to jump in real quick. So now that we're done jumping in real quick, I want to say thank you guys for joining me on this mini podcast within a podcast of Foodies Watching Movies. <laughs> where I've been Nate. Veronica. Sarah. And uh, take it away, AP and Liz. We do. And we had food recently, and we saw some movies. Yes. Academy Award winners or potential potentials. We saw three of the eight Best Picture nominated films because Liz and I, this is our fourth year doing the AMC Best Picture Showcase, which is you spend all day, two weekends, all day on Saturdays, two Saturdays in a row watching movies. It would be four movies we'd have watched, but because of the nature of Roma being a Netflix film, it didn't get a true theatrical release. It was exempt from the showcase. So we still haven't watched that. We'll probably try and watch it this week, maybe. If not, I will, because I want to see it before the... It probably wins Best Picture. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know. How's it been doing? Um, It is probably the most... Well, it's Alfonso Cuaron, who like directed Gravity. Um, a lot of people know he directed uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban, the Harry Potter movie. I didn't know that. Yeah, um... He's a Academy. He got his Academy Award for Best Director for Gravity. He's won all the directing awards pretty much up to this point for directing Roma. It's all in Spanish and in black and white and on Netflix. So, not everyone's cup of tea, but I've heard really good things about it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to give it a shot. Yeah, and we saw what well, we saw. We saw the favorite. We saw Black Klansman, and we saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, and. I saw, I've seen two of those movies before, and you've seen Just Women Rhapsody before. Right. So, let's kind of break down what was the first one we saw, and that was The Favorite, which was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, which is a really hard name to say. Um, I don't know what movie he directed before, I think it was like The Lobster or something weird, I've never heard of it, but I've been told through other podcasts I listen to that this is his most accessible film, but it was still kind of unusual when you say it. It was weird. Like, you don't have to sugarcoat it. It was weird. Right. It had some, like, I don't know. It had some historical accuracy to it. It's just still very weird. Right. Because it's based on the story of Queen Anne, who ruled England in the 1700s, the early 1700s. Um, and it actually involved, like, actual people. It wasn't... They took liberties, obviously, because it was a weird comedic version of this story. But they still, like, and still involved, like... I don't know like, if it was a comedy. Well... There were funny parts, but I don't... I wouldn't specifically... Right. ...categorize it as a comedy. Yeah, and the Golden Globes was nominated for comedy, but they also nominated, like, The Martian for comedy, and that movie is not. But you wouldn't know that either, because the last showcase, you were not feeling so hot. Oh, that one. The first showcase we ever did, I got... I had a fever, so I had to leave before we saw The Martian and The Revenant, and he won't let me forget it. I will, will, and I still haven't seen either of those movies. So. And I have them, so we'll have to watch them eventually. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, the favorite, so yeah, like I said, 1700s Queen. It's kind of a power struggle movie because it's a woman who once, a woman played by Emma Stone, she, I, Abigail, Abigail mm-hmm. and she wants um, her ladyhood back. 
Her and Rachel Weisz's character... I'm really spaced on her name. Do you remember the character's uh, name? Lady something. Sarah. Sarah... Something. I don't Marble know. Marlboro or something weird. Yes. Um, so basically, they were cousins. Um, through to, like, some nature, Abigail's father, like, sold her to a German... And it's just, like, she lost ladyhood and has basically been, like, in squalor and then tried through, like, convinced herself to become, like, a handmaid and then worked herself up into being in the queen's bed and kind of slowly yeah. trying to reclaim what she lost. And it's just this power struggle between these two characters to win Queen Anne's affection. And there's some, kind of some weird bits thrown out and there's blood and nudity and lesbian sex and all. That. It's very unusual. Yeah. I would agree. And there's a weird dancing scene that, at one point, like, this guy does this weird, like, almost like he was walking it out, but, like, very overdramatic. I don't know. I can't describe how he was dancing, but it was just odd, and there was, like, 17 rabbits, and... Yeah, it was just a very odd movie. It was not my cup of tea. It was kind of like when we saw, um... What was the one with Daniel Day-Lewis that we saw a couple years ago? Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. It was the same... I feel like I walked out of that movie feeling the same way. Yeah, I... I, I was just like, well, it was okay, but I was like, I'm just very confused and a little disturbed, and I don't know what to... Right. Like, I was just very perplexed. I feel like that's the right word I would, I would do, like, They both have very similar kind of endings. It's like, oh, well, I guess this is fine. They're all fine with how this is going. This is... Yeah. Yeah, it's... And there was only, like, one... There's one scene that made me a little upset. And you know the scene I'm talking about. I don't know. Maybe? When, uh... With, it involved a rabbit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Without giving too much away, someone step, is, like, stepping on a rabbit almost to the point of killing it. And Andrew got sad. And I was just like, but don't, don't do that. I mean, I'm sure the rabbit was in no danger. It was an audio clip of the rabbit being struggled, and it was just... I don't know. There's they have to put a little moniker. No animals are harmed in the making of this film. They have to do that or PETA and a lot of people have very get very upset. But so that was the first movie we saw, and it was also I think the shortest, at, coming at like at two hours. Like all the movies were long, and we it, fought. It didn't really feel as long. I thought it would feel longer, but it was just like, I guess I was just like so perplexed. I was like, okay, what's next? What's right. next? What's next? Yeah, it was and interesting. It was and also, it, they had, like, little, like, chapters that eventually would, like, cut to, like, five. And then be, like, a weird, obscure line that comes up later in the movie. And you're like, five of what? Like, I was like, oh, maybe it's a four-part. No? Kept going. Yeah, it wasn't like it was acts or anything, because that's right. what I thought it was. It was like, oh, one, two, three, that makes sense. And then, then like, it was oh. like, there's eight. We're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in the... One day, Dick accidentally live streams at the wrong time. That's a podcastrophe. Oh, man. <laughs> these, these comments are just blowing up. Josh Hurry's like, haven't even answered your Brexit question yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we... <laughs> I forgot about the Brexit question. Josh is also like, take a, pic, take a photo of your porn tower. Automatic lotion dispenser. Bar sink stages. next to the keyboard and a vacuum trash receptacle. That's oh, what I think that when I hear command center and Dick. Yeah. 
So recently... This is the Dick Command Center. <laughs> Miranda's like, I have a text saying, I'm done at work. I'm stopping by Best Buy to buy a cheap PC controller. <laughs> that, see? That's what I mean. I didn't like it. To be fair, I, I, I was there for an Xbox One controller. Okay, then why get the Elite one, though? I always wanted one. You don't have any reason for it, though. Justify your purchase. With not it is what it is. I want. I'm just telling you. It is what it is. It's already bought. Anyway, we're talking about games. I've been, I decided I wanted to start streaming again. Awesome. So I set up all my stuff. And uh, I've been playing Apex Legends a lot. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Somebody's been trying... Somebody at work's been trying to get me to play it. So it's like... It's one of those Battle Royale games, except it's from the people that made Titanfall. And it's free to play. So again, it's like Fortnite with that. Yeah. It's got that same model. And oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with it. It's the only thing I want to play. There's mornings where I contemplate quitting my job to play this game. Wow. Yeah. You better be good at it. I'm not. I'm trash. Then don't quit your job. Well, I know. (laughs) So maybe I'm thinking about changing my stream name to the Mediocre Gamer. Nice. Because I'll be mediocre always and forever. And maybe I'll just have to roll with that as like a gimmick. But, uh, yeah, check out my stream. <laughs> I'm, I'm a mediocre gamer. Yeah. With an Xbox. Everyone I, I know Nintendo. is mediocre. Dude, Nintendo Switch. That's I do I'm now have a Switch, yeah. No, I, I used to, I mean, no, I have a Wii U as well. It's far superior to the Switch because <laughs> the controller's bigger and easier to hold, but, you know, they had to stop making games for it. Get and the Pro Controller, man. For the Wii U? No, for the Switch. My, Wait, uh, I think I have one. What is that? The Pro Controller? It's a controller. Yeah. I mean, I've got that on the Switch. They have it's an like, attachment where you can yeah. attach the Joy-Cons. I never, I never play the Switch portably because, like, I have a TV. Like, why would I ever? <laughs> well, I maybe even... some, you can't carry around that TV everywhere, Yeah, but that's bro. like that whole, that, I don't even get that. The screen's that. big enough that, that it doesn't matter. Advertising. They're like, you can also take it on the go. And I'm like, I don't take sweatpants on the go, bro. Like, I'm only going to play it in my house. Why would I? I don't understand the concept of I like portable the commercial for that gaming. where they show the guy like on the like on the subway. Yeah, it's like with dude. the switch. It's like that guy's getting fucking mugged. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like that guy's gonna get his ass kicked. Like for if, being a I'm nerd. A, if I'm in downtown Chicago with a fucking switch, I'm getting my ass beat by some dude going, "Give me that switch, bitch," because I'm gonna sell it. <laughs> that switch, bitch. <laughs> like that's my, what's uh, gonna happen. My son's getting so good at uh, Super Smash Bros that he's actually starting to unlock characters for me. So. <sighs> Let him go. I've always been terrible at Smash. I have too. He he kicks uh, Miranda and I's ass at it, and he's five. Yeah, they like. Dang. People are always like, "Oh yeah, it's a really good fighting game." I don't classify it as an actual fighting game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm a uh-huh. I'm a terrible well, fighting game person. I am too. terrible at it. Yeah. Unless I... it's Godzilla, destroy all monsters. I kicked ass at that game. It's just silence. I'm not good at any video cool. game. Like I cool. said, I'm a mediocre gamer. Yeah, I'm not joking when I say I literally downloaded Roller Coaster Tycoon last year to play it again Dude. and was just, just crushing it. Dude. I actually lost. On like 2018, I was like, you know what's the hottest game right now? RCT1. Dude, I played the shit out of RCT1. I, I never bought played it off two. Steam for like $3 nice. and a penny or something. It was really... I remember like... You, you have a spending problem with the controller. I sat there and I'm like, do I really want to spend $3 on this? And then I was like, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it for at least this afternoon. That's like, it's a better value than That's like, like running a cheeseburger. A That's like if I went to the red box down by the Dollar Right, General. so it's like, 
I don't even own a DVD player. Like, I couldn't even go to Redbox. I don't even get... <laughs> people are still buying those. Oh. Netflix doesn't have everything, man. No, they don't. I do have I, Netflix. I, I play... Uh, so, I I uh, recently... Re- so to get Anthem, I had to re-download um, Origin. Yeah. And... I, so I downloaded that and I, I saw oh shit I, I have a co- I have Red Alert 2 dude that game was and Red awesome. Alert 2 Yuri's Revenge already on there I'm like wait what the oh yeah I forgot I had this so I might play that at some point well, I'll say this you got Origin download Apex Legends it's free yeah. might as well but as far as Anthem is concerned is it on Steam too because I have that as well no okay it's strictly Origin okay but uh like Anthem, I told myself Scott gave me a code. It doesn't work. Yeah, so, I, but I told myself I'm going to wait <clears throat> to play this game because these type of games, these like MMO type games, never launch smooth. And I'm glad I waited because they have had nothing but bugs. I've heard all the people that I got like, on Discord with every night that play it. They're like, "Dude, I just want them to fix this." <laughs> so I'm just happy I waited. I was smart. I saved my money. The Division Two is what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I never liked the Division. They well, here's the thing: Did you play it after they did like their updates? I didn't throughout? play it. I watched my roommate play, it and I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not into this. So after they did a bunch of updates and fixed it, it actually was a pretty good game. Yeah. And I just didn't like from, the style of it. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but from the uh, from the first impressions of. Division 2's beta, they kept all the stuff that people like. They have a couple things that don't need to change. Like, the UI is apparently a pain in the ass. But, uh, looks like a, like a fun time, fun ride. It'd be better than Destiny, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's not hard, but... Um, yeah, I've been I've been searching for, like, some kind of PC game to play since... So, I, I, got, I got a new graphics card. I got an RTX 2060. Uh, dude... <laughs> It has made the streaming so much easier. I know. Like, I, there's no I upgraded to, lag uh, whatsoever. I actually bought Scott's uh, old 1060. Nice. I sold my 1050 Ti today to my to guest Cameron. Um, you had a 1050 Ti, and then you went up to a 2060? Yeah. And it's... It's so much better. Really? Yeah, so much better. That surprises me, because Ti is... Pretty good. Yeah. Wrong. But it would lag. It, the streams would lag and shit. So, huh. uh, I'm I'm a lot happier with it. But it came with a free Anthem code. Yeah. So and Battlefield Five, which I don't give a fuck about that. I thought you had to choose between one or the other. So I thought so too. But they get they sent me two. They sent me one for Battlefield Five, and then one where I choose between Battlefield Five and Anthem. Oh. So I could have got it Battlefield Five twice. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. Um, God. Scrubbing dick down tonight. King poor little, just, poor little guy. Like, I like Nintendo. <laughs> so just hanging out on this couch right now. He's the guest. We need to focus on the guest. I mean, this is fine. Sounds like the fans like what you guys it's, are it's talking fun. about. It's I fun. It's um, fun. I did actually. Uh, I'm a bit of a PC gamer. I just, uh, I just brushed off the old folder with Diablo 2 on my computer. Nice. It was actually on my laptop, and I moved it to my desktop. I didn't know you could do that, but you can. Just like Aaron said, just get a flash drive. It worked. But apparently someone just made, like, a huge mod for D2 called, like, Median XL, and my brother was telling me about it, and I was like, 
what? So I just downloaded it, and he and I have been playing it all week, and it's like, it's taking me back. It's a lot easier now, though. You can level up, like, too fast, and I'm basically death, so nothing can kill me. I've been playing Diablo 3, because my, uh, my cousin was like, new season starting, you got to play it with us, and I was like, whatever. So he got it. And he actually bought the game for me. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> I've done that all right. Half of my games he buys for me just because he wants. I've me done to that play. with Monster Hunter. Yeah, he's just like, here. Is it play great? D three. I had a fun time. Did you it. play a lot of Diablo two? See, this is actually the first Diablo I've ever. played. Ah, there we go. And I so, I mean I remember forever being excited for D three, but then like it came out and I had a bunch of friends who were like. It's crap. It's not as good as the old ones. And I'm just like, uh, and then I just I remember when lost. Diablo I never 3 came out, it. people were pissed off. Yeah. I had a roommate who had it, but yeah, I don't know if he ever played the second one never or the got first into one. Those. Never got into those either. Uh, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. My, but I, it's fucking easy. So The third one, D3. Dude, I'm just running through it. Like I said, I've never played before, and I'm just like running through it with not even yeah. any problems. I think, I don't know about 3, but like, I know games today have got to be insane compared. I like the first Diablo came out in like the nineties, like the yeah. mid nineties, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. around the same same time like StarCraft One came yeah, out. Yeah, I think E two came out mid-90s. in like two thousand one. So uh, my coworker Joe slash former landlord <clears throat> roommate piece of shit. He's um, probably not in the he's, chat. Right he's he's not even a mediocre gamer. So uh, just he's let me pro. set the stage. Let me set the stage. <laughs> He played God of War, which surprised me. I was I was shocked that he played the new God of War. Oh, that's only for pros. He went all the way through the game, and I wa- I was watching him play one day, just because I was like, okay, I already beat this, so I don't want to replay it again. I don't I don't like replaying games much. Wow. So I watched. I was watching him play and just reliving the fun of it. And you could relive the fun was, of it playing it again. I could, <laughs> but it's it's funny because uh, it, he was just like having the hardest time. And I could tell he was just struggling because, well, he sucks at games. Two, I was like, and then he he happened to pause the game and like go into like to change something, and I was like, dude, you have, he was like three quarters of the way through the game and he had upgraded nothing. Like had basic gear. He had all basic. I mean, he'd been changing his gear, but he hadn't upgraded any of his like magic or any of his gear. Dude, you gotta upgrade. You gotta upgrade. Got to. So I told him, I was like, dude, what the fuck? You haven't upgraded anything. He's like, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's a great impression. I of really this guy hope I've that's never how he met. Talks I was so, like, yeah, that's really what he sounds like. Never met him. <laughs> I'm sure that's what so. He fast like. forward, and he's playing Spider Man, the new Spider Man game, and he's having a good time with it. But I, I just happen to walk in, and he's playing it, and he's like. God damn, I can't... He's, he's looking for the backpacks. Which I've has, never played it. There are these backpacks all randomly throughout. Because have you ever... It, it's like kind of like a like a joke within Spider-Man that he he's like just walking along with his backpack and all that. And like, oh, Spider-Sense. Throws the backpack on a fucking building and just runs away. Well, he has to keep getting backpacks because he, he can't remember where he put them. <laughs> so these backpacks, uh, it's, it's how you unlock uh, more, more, more costumes. costumes. And, or more Spidey suits. And so he's he's just going That's through. That's a cool little feature. Actually. It is, and it, and it's cool how they explain why there's so many. Yeah. Like it's just it's just some stupid joke, and it's hilarious. But uh, he's he's like in the middle of a park. The backpack is below. He's he's on like directly on top of it, but it's showing that it's below. He's like, I don't know how to fucking get it. Like, he's getting super pissed, and I'm like, Well, is there something like? Is there like a subway? It's, this is New York. 
is there like a subway down there or something? He's like, I don't, I don't know. So he goes, and then sure enough, there's a subway like directly below him, and he goes there, and it's there's a fucking backpack. I'm like, dude, come on, man. That sounds like <laughs> how I play video games. So Poorly. he's he's going through the Uncharted series. I I don't want to know how bad he is at it, but he's going through them. Those can be a difficult game. He's too. doing it though. He likes them. They're fun. They're he doesn't have the attention fun. span for like a real game. Whoa! Not, not to say Uncharted's not. What's a real saying, game? Dude, that's like a, I'm talking like Tetris. A, not a real game. I'm not talking like a giant game. Like so, he, he can't he, do something like a like an open world. Yeah, those so, are hard to play. I'll be honest. He told I have me trouble getting through those because I'm just like. I just want to do the quest. I don't want to be distracted by all these sides. Oh, quests. dude, I only side quest. I love big <laughs> games like that where I can be like, you know what? Hold. The I am not this legendary warrior. I am just a regular guy, and I'm going to help people out. Dude, yeah, that's like that's fuck, uh, this, fuck my destiny. Play any Zelda games? Here's the thing, though. Like, there is no destiny, but what we make it. <laughs> yeah, man. that's that's all that's all fine and grand and stuff. If it's presented like World of Warcraft, yeah, where. There isn't really a main like there's main stories, yes. But the like vanilla was just you becoming a legend. Yeah. Like the whole game was just, hey, do all these side quests and then you'll be this like really big old badass that people are like, Holy shit, he That's did that pain in that town. And then Whoa. you go and you do the raids That's like, what I do in Skyrim. They're always like, dude, these dragons are Fucking these villages up, and I'm like, yeah, I know that's cool. I'll uh, I'll get to that later, but uh, right now I got to uh, <laughs> I got to see what this dog's trying to tell me over here. I got to go find yes. I got to go find thirty cow pelts. <laughs> so I'm just doing all. I'm like, is, let me he's like, let me do some mining real quick. Let me just work up my mining skills. And they're like, we are really we are just being ravaged coast to coast right now by dragons. And I'm like, yeah, just live in a cave, pussy. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> they live in the caves. <laughs> Find a new cave. Find a so, cave. Joe, he's like, I don't know what to play after Uncharted. I need, I need another game, and I'm like, Horizon Zero Dawn. Well, he has, he has Fallout Four. I did suggest Horizon. Fallout Four sucks. I know. Oh, yeah. he, he's like, but I, he's, people were starting to tell him about Fallout Four, and he's like, I don't think that's a game for me. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but maybe try Skyrim. And Brandon, you, you've met Brandon. He he goes, dude, no. Joe, you don't have the attention span for that. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he's like, it's not the game for you. He basically called him a dumbass right in front of his face. Like you are too, go- you are too dumb for this game. And I'm like, really, Skyrim? Like that's like, that's like the basic person RPG. See, I'm not a big Skyrim. Oh, I thought either. Mario RPG was the basic <laughs> RPG. <laughs> I'm your host, Chris, and with me is my co-host, Larry. Say hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Again. <laughs> I think that was the exact same intro we did in the last episode. But, uh, was it? God damn it. <laughs> it's all right. It's I thought cool. I was cool. It's still funny. It's still funny. So, and I'm sure a lot of people haven't listened to the last episode anyway. Uh, <laughs> I listened to it, enough of it to know that he did that. <laughs> the, almost the, Fuck yeah, I threw my blind cork the, across and landed in the garbage. It sounded almost exactly the same, too. Same tone and everything. But uh, In the intro, you just heard uh, the song Before I Do by Jay Douglas and the Sullen Hearts. Uh, Jason is a friend of ours. Uh, Jason plays in the band Turnspit. Uh, check out Turnspit. Turnspit's great. But this is Jason's solo project, uh, which I, I believe they're working on 
a new EP. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll post a, a link in, in, you know, in the comments section or whatever. Uh, uh, side note: Jason's taste in music is better than anybody's. I, I specifically wanted to put Jason in the intro of this episode because this is, uh, as, as as they refer to it, uh, the quote is sometimes solo, sometimes with a band. Always queer, emo, indie, country, hipster bullshit. And I love that. Because this episode... How sick is that? <laughs> this episode is going to be all about emo. Uh, why it's titled Let's Talk Emo. So Jason is featured on our emo episode. Um, also featured in this episode is our special guest. Say hello Ooh. to Andy Reid. Hey, what's up everybody out there listening in Crucial Tunes world? Andy, motherfucking really Reed, here with these crucial dudes. <laughs> Andy Reed, uh, crucial dudes is a pop punk band, and they're awesome. Yeah, 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 they yeah were yes, anyway. Yes, I remember them. Uh, Andy Reed is the host of the next episode. Uh, the next episode, I'm the host of one episode of that so far. I have so not far, done the second one. Um, but yeah, I'll still ride the old wave. You might remember me from a little podcast called "This Podcast Is Garbage." Well, and, I wasn't uh, sure if we were going to mention this. No, podcast I don't give a shit. No, no, that's it's my roots, credits. Man. It's that's, my credits, that's man. The shit, that was. It's my that was some and good guys, ass stuff. Yeah, and you guys were on that yeah, show had, numerous times. We had, we had a real the, good time. It on really, this. like T-Pig. the T Pig and uh, Get By uh, really um, helped form our my relationship with you guys. Absolutely, and, yeah. you guys. Were I was the most very good friends of mine, guest so, yes, on this you podcast. Were, you is were garbage, three, actually. The three timers club, motherfucker. Yep. Only mm-hmm. member of the club, president, emperor, king, all around. <laughs> I was only on twice, but hey. Mm, sorry about you. What you going to do? Sorry what about you going to do? Not that you went to the motherfucking club. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the next episode, uh, when will the next episode of the next episode be? Until you um, just chill. Let me see what these tax tax checks look like and uh, get me some equipment. Uh, I did my first episode at a friend's, um, at a friend's studio. Uh, just because I really wanted to get it out sure, there. I was tired sure. of sitting around and not podcasting. But now that I've got the second one, or got the first one, I don't feel pressure in any way to put out a second one. Because I just Fair really enough. wanted to be like... Even though my old podcast ended, I was like, man, I'm still a podcaster. I still want to get my voice out there, but I need to do it. I need to do it. So I busted my cherry on my first solo episode and then was like, you know what? If I don't get another one out next week or the next week or the next week or the next month, I'm not worried about it because as long as I have my ideas and I still have fun doing my podcasts, uh, it doesn't matter when I get it out. But once I get my equipment, they will start coming a lot sooner. Sure. I, I got a friend, a uh, producer friend, who's going to come over to my basement and help me set up my uh, whole uh, shit and tell me like uh, some of the best equipment I can go for uh, for what I'm trying to do and uh, what my space is like. So the cool next beans. episode will be coming back with all that garbage man talk. Well, the, uh, you can find the next episode on Facebook. You got your own Facebook page. Yeah, are you, we are got you on Facebook, Instagram, uh, the next episode with Andy Reid. Okay. It might be the next episode W slash Andy Reid. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. remember. But, but the like, next episode You're the only Andy one Reed. who's going to like... No, because you made that. <laughs> what? We'll, Say what we'll, now? We'll link it. We'll link no. it. So yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be able to find um, it. So. We're on sound, I'm on SoundCloud. I, I got my one episode up on SoundCloud. We could probably okay. are we on SoundCloud? share that link. Uh, I don't uh, think we are. Okay. Possibly. I don't know. Hey, Nate, are we on SoundCloud? <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, can, uh, he comes down here. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing before we start, also before we start getting into the emo talk, uh, just curious, what, what have you guys been listening to lately? What's... uh. What's mm. been in your uh, turntables? What's been in your MP3 players and uh, your phones? You know, what have you been uh, the last, jamming in your garbage truck? Uh, well, I usually jam podcasts in the garbage truck. Okay, that's, that's um, fair. I've been listening to a lot. I just got some new speakers for my record player, and um, I have my shit all unhooked since I moved my uh, like t- took my turned my studio into a little girl's bedroom, and. Uh, <laughs> 
so I had all my like records and shit unhooked up, and so I bought some new speakers, hooked them up in the living room. First thing I've listened to, or just most recently, was uh, Oceanic by Isis. I got the oh nice side of it, and I, I bought it in when I visited Los Angeles in 2017, and still and was just now listened to it. Nice. And it was really fucking awesome uh, to hear it on the vinyl, and uh, I, I swear I was like hearing stuff I hadn't heard yet. I, even after you know years of listening to the record, you know, I was hearing stuff that I didn't pick up on. You know what album was like that for me, uh, which I, I actually haven't been listening to lately. But uh, between the buried and me, uh, the silent circus, mm-hmm. I listened to that album on CD probably a thousand times, and then after I got rid of the CD, I listened to the MP3 version mm-hmm. probably a thousand times, and then just a couple years ago, I got the the vinyl. And I listened to it again, and it was a whole nother record, you know? I think there's a sample of, like, a fucking tiger roaring or something like that on a Silent Circus song. Really? Me and my friends heard one time, and we were like, what the fuck is that? And we kept, like, rewinding it, and it sounded like a like a roar or some shit. It was so weird. I love that record. It's a great record. That was, like, the kind of, like, like there, Between the Barry to Me, we're only one of those only bands that, like, fell into, like... That almost deathcore type sounds, but since they had all that and prog and all that backed keyboard, out of that. <laughs> well, yeah, I loved all the wildness and all the like uh, crazy keyboards and and the off time signatures. It was, they were like, you know, it was like it was like a little bit of Rush with like Dillinger Escape Plan with a little bit of like deathcore sound, and mm-hmm. I, I I I didn't like it at first. I was like, oh, because I didn't. It took me a long time to get into to get into the <laughs> vocals, and I still don't like that in most music, but. That kept me away from Between the Buried and Me, but now, like, they're one of my favorite bands of all yeah. time, probably. How about you, Larry? What you been listening to? A bunch of old, like, Trust Kill and Ferret shit. Nice. Like, nice. Uh, Zayo, which Nora. I mean, I'm always listening to Zayo. Nora, Hide a yeah, Key. Yeah. Um, Hope's Fall. Hope's Fall. Like, Hope's yeah. Fall. You listen to the newest Hope Fall? Hope's Fall? Yeah, but Excellent. I wasn't into it. Yes. I love really? it. But, no, it was really I was recent say, that I listened really to it. I mean, it's like, no satellite eh, years. But that's, like, it yeah. reminded me. I went back, I'm like, oh. And I listened to satellite years. I listened to Dude, with that no Andromeda to is. Uh, I didn't really like A types much either. Was it A types? Is that what it was called? A types. No, I didn't care for it. Was it was okay. I liked the new one though. I, yeah. I did. I did dig it. But yeah, a lot of just old, early two thousands. Eighteen visions core is what I've been listening to a lot lately. I th- I think the most the most oh, I've been listening to <laughs> <laughs> the most I've been listening to of anything lately. Uh, has been Static X Wisconsin Death Trip. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite albums of the new Be- metal era and. <laughs> I think it really kind of transcended those a lot of it's, those bands. December is like a fucking you lay down and you go on a trip with that song. You know, December was written in Wayne Static's first band. Um, I, now I can't remember the name of the band. Like something deep, deep blue, deep blue sea, starring LL Cool J. No, no, no. <laughs> it's something. But it was a band he was in when he was in Chicago, which actually featured Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins before ah. Billy Corgan was in the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, so like really? there was a really long ass gap between that band and. Static so, X, because like the Smashing Pumpkins has been around since like 1990 or something. Yeah. So this deep, I, God, I wish I remember the name of the band. <laughs> Andy's showing me a picture of him with his hair hair up like Wayne Static. Oh, it's actually pretty sick. <laughs> Looks like the wife of that, Frankenstein. That took a minute to do too. <laughs> but uh, I guess so. This this band that he was in with Billy Corgan was in like the late 80s, uh, and Billy Corgan was actually the one that convinced Wayne Static to go to California. And that's where he formed Static X. No shit. He was like, hey, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, this town's fuck, not big enough for the you. both of us. I'm, I'm starting yeah. smashing pumpkins. This town is very big. <laughs> you can well, you'd no. be fine. <laughs> so uh, the only reason I looked into any of this, the only reason I know any of this is because uh, I'm sure everybody has seen by now that Static X. Uh, they're playing a show. They're, they're doing they're, they're, a whole they're tour. They're doing a whole tour. And are, isn't uh, it like a Wisconsin the, Death Trip thing? It's the Wisconsin Death Trip like anniversary okay. tour. Who's 20 singing? 
they have not announced who's singing yet. Oh. And that's there's a lot of controversy right now because Frankie Palmieri from Amir, which wha- yeah, I don't know, I don't know why he's even well, weighing the, in on it to begin he with. He is the goddamn like he's like the game in Fifty Cent of hardcore. Yeah, big on social media, not relevant musically. <laughs> that's pretty fair. Yeah, but why that fucking guy? I don't know. Because like, he don't always, know he's shit. always been one of those pot stirrers, shit talkers. Yeah, that no, like here. He's in the same league as that dude from that 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 long haired, uh, oh, what's the band? He like they say he touched girls a few years ago. Every band, <laughs> no, I, I know that. But this guy with Ricky Radke, Rad- Ronnie Radke, Ronnie Radke. Oh, from uh, blah blah blah. He's falling in reverse. Before that, falling in reverse. Um, and, uh, 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 escape the fate. Escape the escape. fate. Yeah. No, what yeah. A, both yeah. those bands you, suck. You know, I, piss, I piss on those like turds breaking them in half. You know, it's so funny. No, fuck all that. Th- this is coming up. Uh, I just had somebody message me the other day. Uh, a guy that I used to work with years ago. I don't talk to him that much. And he just randomly messages me the other day. And he's like, hey, have you heard of Ronnie Radke? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah kind of, I guess. Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's like, oh, well, apparently he's really pissed at me on Twitter. And so his fans are coming after me and stuff. Because I guess Ronnie Radke made some shit statement about like some guys that run a, a horror zine kind of okay. website. Or, I don't remember the details of it, but... But my buddy decided to weigh in on Ronnie's page and say, hey, kind of just defend the guy and say, hey, there's no reason for you to be talking shit or whatever. And Ronnie just went after him and retweeted yeah, him and then his fans those, came back. And, he's and one then, of those type of guys where he's got a yeah. legion of fucking skanky ass oh, yeah. fans, male and female yeah. skanky. And Ooh, uh, Ronnie yeah. cares so much about his fans. He's the greatest he, guy. He, he cares saved so my much life. about him. He wants to touch their 15 year old titties. <laughs> <laughs> And, and they are all 15. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Anybody who's <laughs> At fan, least like, any bands whose fan base is like 15 and below, I mean, even if you like a song of theirs, don't, you don't, you're not going to trust anything <laughs> they have to say outside of the music they're playing. They're you know, sure. like, fan base is under 15. When, when you, you hear like, about a musician that you love doing something sketchy sexually with a child, yeah. it's a huge bummer. Well, that, yeah. that could actually be a big part of our discussion today. About, it could. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it certainly could. could. <laughs> every I, mean, I mean, let's talk about why Warped Tour really ended, guys. <laughs> That's not a secret, though. Everyone knows why Warped Tour. That guy's just like, I'm fed up with booking all you sick fucks. So I mean, yeah, over. when you need but a hundred foot fence or a gate or passage between the stage and the fans because the fucking... Because, I mean, everyone the, who goes to Warped Tour is 16. <laughs> there was a I think great, I went to my last Warped Tour when I was that. 25. I I've never to nine, been to Warped Tour. I've been to Warped Tour. 2005 Warped Tour. I think, I think nine times one. I went to Warped Tour. Saw some of the best bands I've ever seen in my life at Warped Tour. You find a bunch of great bands at Warped Tour, and like really in retrospect, Eminem it's a Tour. huge fucking bummer that it's over. Because like it's, it's in a lot of though. ways, it's in a lot of no, ways. It's it a is. festival now. Well, no, it's going to be like yeah, it's going to be like a one day, maybe two, I think three city. There's thing, like a four, maybe. three or four different spots the, all over the country. We're yeah. going to have a weekend. It's for, like for now, for this year, and then they're going to come like, back. Oh, no, and they're going to come back with a few more next year, and then there'll be a few more the year after. And, and all of a sudden, Warped Tour will be back. It's, again. it's Warped Tour again. No, but there was a thing like. Somewhere online where they were talking about the locations. Yeah. And it was like, oh, there's nothing fucking around here. There's nothing fucking around here. I'm like, Riot Fest is here. That's why it's not happening here. Which is yeah. steadily it's, also going. And it's the same fucking festival. It will be the same festival. Yeah. Also, much. Riot Fest used to be awesome. Yeah. I haven't yeah, gone to Riot Fest in a couple down, years because I, I see gone. the lineup and I'm like, yeah. fuck, I'm not, not fucking impressed. going. I want to go a single day. Fuck that. Last time yeah. I was 16. Which one was that? Mm, I don't remember. I went to That was Morrissey. Yes, I, it was Morrissey. I missed I've, Morrissey I've played a show Morrissey. on my <laughs> birthday. And I didn't go because we were recording an EP. Fuck y'all. Oh, I mean, you're, you're, pan, your yeah, you're better off though. Than, right? than Morrissey? Yeah. Yeah. Let's not go yeah, down man. this road. Yeah, no, man. we're That's fucking your, not. You no, are not no, Morrissey, no. motherfucker. No, your artistic output is more important 
to you and to me and to Chris than Morrissey. Your creative I think, output. Uh, this can of Coke Zero is more important to me than Morrissey. <laughs> Says the guy who's, I've been listening to Static X. Fucking right. So I why not, dude? Because Static X fucking slaps. I'm the weirdo who likes Morrissey more than Static no, X. Hey, that's okay. You Liking Morrissey and liking the Smiths and all that, that's fine. I understand no, okay. their cultural no, impact. I understand their cultural influence. Word. But As a Morrissey person, is a I fuck. fucking hate Morrissey. <laughs> yes. There you go. There Morrissey you go. is a bad guy. There you go. There you go. Uh, he would not let any food vendors at Riot Fest serve, serve any meat, meat during, his, during set. his set. At least he's not touching kids, though. I do have to yeah. give him that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd much he rather him fuck ha- anybody. <laughs> yeah, because he's asexual. Bullshit. He's fucking gay. Yeah, he's probably gay. He's probably gay. I always thought you he heard was gay. it here first. Uh, that- <laughs> Hot take from Larry Rosinko on Morris. If you hear that, just that bite me going, "Fuck Morrissey, he doesn't fuck anybody. He's gay." It sounds really insensitive. It's not like that. I'm gonna put that in all of Morris our bumper ads. And- gay. Uh, I'm gay. I can say that. Yep. Yep. All right. So, anyway, on to the topic of today's episode. Right on. Uh, we are gonna Morrissey's talk. useless dick. <laughs> We're going to talk emo, uh, which uh, I feel like emo is it's one of... It's a very controversial term. It's, yeah, it's it's one of the most misunderstood... Fucking A it is. Uh, it one really of the most is, misunderstood genres of music. It doesn't have to but be. But as I was going through... So I'm not going to lie. I don't know a ton about emo. I, I know like a, a brief history. So I did a lot of studying before this episode. I, I read a couple articles. I read mm-hmm. the Wikipedia and all that. I, yeah. I listened to a bunch of the and old like, bands and stuff. Nine times out of and, ten, Wikipedia is kind of a shit source. Right, for yeah. sure. The emo... It's History pretty solid, on Wikipedia right? is not fucking bad. It's not bad. It's, it's not really bad. not. So anyway, so as I was reading through it, I realized just by you know sampling a bunch of the bands from each era of emo, it is a very very broad genre of music. Huge. There's, yes, there's, there's so there's, many ways. It's all very similar. Right. It right. all has. It all connects back to a source, and you can if you listen closely enough, you can hear bits and pieces of those early source materials sure. spread throughout or sprawling across. All the waves of emo, the sure. waves as they say. What would like the thing that ties together all of those separate waves? Okay, well, uh, I think it's lyrical think content. Lyrically, mostly. Well, I would say, well, not not necessarily because a lot of emo that's about like 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 that's really sappy and lovey and dovey, my girlfriend, my boyfriend type stuff. Yeah, and then there's 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 emo that's very <clears throat> me, my, my my introspection. Sure. Uh, a good way to put it would be an emotionally charged brand of hardcore punk. Marked by introspective lyrics, personal lyrics, and intense catharsis. Isn't that the Wikipedia definition? Is that the Wikipedia definition? I think it's, word it's for pretty word. Close. Oh, really? <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, I read it on. I took it from a from a, a band's uh, like a, a review about a band. I think I, whoever I wrote reading. that review took it from Wikipedia. <laughs> no shit. Now I feel like a triple plagiarist. Oh no, it's all right. Almost all my notes are from Wikipedia. So it's time for brews with dudes. Ah, juicy. Were the order. The order of weed be. Dan and Corey are like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's fluid. You Next time, if, 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 yeah, if one minion. of us isn't here and one of you guys are, you can be part of the order. Um, we won't get too into that right now, though. Uh, then we got uh, David Linder. Hello, hello. My co-host, co-host on Dungeons with Dudes. That's what this started out as, but then I decided to give myself a headache trying to set up this episode. <laughs> um, but we won't delve into that. That'll, just, doing great. that'll be a secret. Um, AJ, back once again. Hey, how we doing? Excellent. Doing really good. Let's That's waste no more time and get in with a beer, since the first beer I had of the night, I spilled on Texas Shoe. 
Not really worried about that. It's just the I've kind of want to wring my sock out so I can just drink more of that beer. Yeah, it was from <laughs> it was from Toppling Goliath, uh, Fire Skulls and Money India Pale Ale. It was, it was fantastic. It was a couple sips that I got. It was it nice. Was, it was good. quite tasty. I thought I was drinking it fast, oh, and yeah. the next thing I knew, it was on Texas <laughs> you sock. Threw it on the ground, all mad. <laughs> then I threw it on the ground. You were like, "Is this I'm my an beer?" An I threw it on the ground. <laughs> fire, fire skulls, money, and ground. So all right, just a this one ground. <laughs> we're, we're gonna try this one. Now this dank meme. Dank uh, meme. A hazy American I'm pale so. featuring El Dorado, Azaka, and Citra hops. See what it says here. Dank meme is a hazy, fluffy. Fluffy, <laughs> golden-colored ale brewed with oats, wheat, and hops. This beer is not caring about clarity or aesthetics. In fact, not a single, well, shit, finding was given to this beer. It doesn't filter at all. That's great. <laughs> we hop, hop this beer like a boss, <laughs> like a boss, like a boss. <laughs> it's sure like to make Lock you say, oh, again. really? May gusto or not, because we all know that haters gonna hate. True story. Wow. Really weird trip tech. Said true story. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it is a dank meme. The the beer it's uh, the brew itself is a meme. It was very dank. This is from St. Louis too. I want to see how dank. Uh, I'm not sure where trip is from. He's from the guy the gentleman who sent me the beers is from St. Louis, so I know it's from the from Savoy, area. Illinois, so it might be just like just right in there. St. Louis. St. Louis is not terribly far from the Illinois border. Right. Oh, that's right there. But I don't think we get we don't get uh triptych. I don't think it's I don't know if they have, uh, what would you call that, distribution? I don't know if they have distribution in Indiana, which is sad. sad. It's very sad. Sad. Yeah, that's why you sad. get shit mailed to you. We're like, all right. Yeah, we we made a nice deal. I think we both made off pretty all right. Carmen's back in here. I mean, she's here for the first time because this is the first time we've done this tonight. And yeah, we, it yeah is. what happened? I don't know. <laughs> the very first time. There was not a lost uh, attempt at recording this episode that doesn't exist. Except Dave, I guess Dave David was part of that alternate universe. So was Carmen, but Paul doesn't know. <laughs> it's gonna be fun <laughs> listening back to this and being like, "What the fuck? What are they going what? On? Like, are we how about? drunk are these All dudes?" All right, y'all, let's get, get, get smell on this. All right. Man, oh, good job, trip, trip ditch. That smells fluffy. Bravo. Mm, I'm not quite sold on smell. <laughs> Got a good color. Cheers. Better have a good taste. Cheers. In we go. Cheers. Yeah, this at all. Bottoms up, laddies. Chug it. Oh, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. That goes down easy. Oh, that was really light. It's not bad. Yeah. It tastes it better light. than it smells. It's great. I will say that. I wouldn't say it's, is not, it's dank. Is it, yeah, is, it, is it dank? It's not very dank. I agree. It's, it's pretty light. It's dank light. Dank, dank light. light. <laughs> it's got characteristics of the dank. It's all right, because I'm not a huge uh, dank person, so it's like a medium. So I'm like, all right, kind of like an average size dank, dank person. Yeah, no. dank, <laughs> like light. I like the light dank. I this think I like could put down one or two of these, or six, or six. Ain't dank is that Cecil? I mean, like I would, I would mm. drink one on like a Saturday night if I'm not doing anything. Maybe drink two or three or whatever, pass out for the night. But what, Corey Teeter, Corey Teeter, goodness gracious! I'm not really seeing. It's been a long time, friend. Welcome to the fracas. Yup, Chuck Veer, if you got some. Yee, yee, yee. That's really good, though. I drink a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. 
It's not I, bad. I, I, I could put I could put down a case in a night with, with some friends, of course. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, they'd be taking me to the hospital. I'm not going to share with them. They just like they have them on, on yeah. call. <laughs> They're on standby for yeah, when I black out. <laughs> it's like healthcare. You've technically got access to it, but whether or not you can benefit from it. <laughs> friends, it's like healthcare. <laughs> It's a bumper sticker waiting to happen. <laughs> best way I'd you just best way I'd describe a meme. Man, we're I slam, mean, dank meme really. Pretty much slammed through this one. It was pretty good. Pretty easy to slam through, honestly. I was quite uh. thirsty. All right, yeah, it was smooth. Another. It was smooth. What is it? Looks cool. King Cloud City. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, Cloud City. What's up? Lando looks like clouds of organs. It's an 8.6%. Hell IPA. yeah. Yeah, American Pale Ale. Okay, no, here we American go. American India Pale Ale. Anything else? Let's see. We're in it now. Um, brewed and canned by Florissant Brewing from Florissant, Michigan. Or not Michigan, <laughs> Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan, Missouri. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Michigan, <laughs> Missouri. I know that place. I've been there. Well, it's just like Illinois, Indiana. It's just a little taste of Illinois in the middle of Indiana. Michigan City. It's like a little bit of Michigan. But but city. In, in city form instead of state form. <laughs> I'm understanding this correctly. Am I not? They have Burnham there. That's really a brewery. Mm, Burnham is pretty good. Just had their Long John's on. No, 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 no. Barrel age version. Oh. Big old winter egg. This one looks uh, rather juicy. Yeah, it does. I believe it. Does it say something? If they I all kind of looked like the same color, like all three beers. Juice that haziness. It's cloudy. Yeah, they're all the kind of hazy. Yeah, it is cloudier. This one just it kinda, is said it's it's clouds, like right? What does it say? Cloud, cloudier thickness. as it went cloud on. Cloud shit. Cloud organs. Hey. This is cloud yeah. city. To getting wild. Take me down. <laughs> Mm. I like the the hop bite at the end there. Yeah, it's, yeah, really, it's got that. It's pretty. It's pretty bitter. Mm. It's got a very bitter taste to it. Tell me your very hoppy. Tell me your hops. <laughs> tell me your hops. <laughs> what yeah, are you hey, composed right? of? Yeah. Toppling Goliath. And the other one's like these are exactly hops. Yeah, somebody that. Like, yeah, yeah, somebody else can bit. have the uh, <laughs> the rest of that if they want. That kind oh, of taste. Oh, like, you oh. tapping you out? Have to, you have to. Throw it down the drain. That's what we call it. I gotta it. throw it down the drain. Get, I, can, I can do that, but gotta, I want it. Let it be known. I if you can't do it, enjoy this you gotta one. butt chug right. it. It kind of tastes like dirty. You gotta butt chug it. Dirty butt chug it. To me, at least. In, just my, my opinion. Just lay down. No, just lay, it's Soak it go. in the tampon. Yeah. That's <laughs> what happens when you just can't find time to change your underpants, and that's what it smells like after a day or two, according to AJ. It like, could have been mm. because it was the last bit. And I got all like the sediment and stuff. Yeah, for oh, sure. Okay. Yours, yours looked oh, the, like the a chunky. It literally looked like milkshake consistency. Like it looked like very. <laughs> yeah, I should have spread it out. Or I should have drank that one because yeah. I don't mind no, that. I mean, part. like it's all, it's all right. I, I don't think it I was, was going to enjoy it very much anyway. But I mean, because I don't like very bitter uh, beer. Like I can do some IPAs, but that was like a really nice a certain bitter bitterness that end. it gets to that I just can't do with. You know what I mean? I understand. I, understand. I get it. No, what I'm saying. Into it at all either. I I, I like this one though. Why didn't mm. he take his? <laughs> oh, shoot. Because I had because. to finish. Oh, yeah. Rules? Rules? We don't break the rules here. <laughs> rules are meant to be broken. Rules are not meant to be broken. That is great. Good job, Florissant. Right. Hello Missouri. there, Mrs. Miranda no, Tyner. You. Welcome. Hi, Miranda. To the fracas. Oh. 
I just saw Mr. Mike Lawton share. Well, not share. He liked it. How you doing, Mike? Mike is, is the good. gentleman who Beer runs the Indie Craft Beer Brew page. Oh, awesome! Wow. Page. It's not some. It's a page. It's an organization. They do a lot of fun beer stuff. Heck yeah! Keep That's it up, Mike. Cool. They're bringing us uh, brews with dudes to the Lord of Hops wow. uh, beer festival here, and uh, oh, I guess it's still about two months away. It's mid-April. Um, hey, never too too early to promote that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. though. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I believe he uh, I believe he's gonna give us a couple tickets for a brews with dudes ticket giveaway. What? Oh, so keep your eyes what? out. Keep your guys' eyes out for that. Well. Uh, yeah, Lord of beautiful. Hops. It's uh, um, it's at Hop Lore Brewing Company. Um, I don't think I've had the pleasure of trying any of their stuff yet. So uh, maybe we can sneak our way over there Time and get a podcast with everything. them to promote it or something. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll figure something out. Great. Get that plug. Home style. Yeah, I got some plugs. Plug. Oh heck yeah! Oh, my favorite hops. Ooh, bearded iris. Yeah, bearded iris homestyle IPA. It says soft, juicy mosaic. Like, oh shoot, rocking the mosaic hops. Let's do this. Before six percent alcohol. All right, it's probably poundable and all. Hopefully, all mosaic. Poundable. Before we get into like the actual drinking of it, I just want to say by looking at the can, it looks like one of those like black label top shelf sort of things oh, yeah, that you would have. Top shelf. It looks, it it looks like iris. you would drink it like the you know, bearded iris. Very fancy. Ah, shit, the tear bearded iris. Go back through and pour everyone a little the hazy bottom stuff. Everybody's got to get a little bit of the sediment. What you gotta do if you want to get it's rid so of that sediment, you just gotta just shake up the can really <laughs> hard. St. Louis package is hazy beer, bro. Yeah, no, no, just shake just shake the can as hard as you can and then while you're doing it, like open it up like halfway through shaking it. You want to you want to do it fast. Right by your face. This was your bruise with dude beer drinking tip of the day. Shake your beer up nice shake and it. thoroughly before yeah. you drink it. Oh, Podfather has drank. And then shotgun Hello, it out of the can. Nate Phillips is joining us on Facebook Live. So is Dan Favors. I just bought a sick piece of art from Dan. Woo, uh, if you I that? if nice. I, I did buy that piece, nice. it's fucking awesome. I'm gonna mm. find a cool place to put. Might put it up down at the pub. That'd be cool. I like I like cool. buying yeah. art and then oh, putting what it up, down. Dan? Put a light that on stuff it. Stuff like, making sound nice is sounding real nice. Let's give let's Woo. give Dan a quick shout out since we got a bunch of the Weed Bee guys here. Woo. He just finished up recording, mixing, and mastering a new single for us, and it sounds Ooh. fucking nasty it's in a good way. The good nasty making noise in the nasty. It's pretty awesome. He captured the noise making. It was. It is beautiful. We're going to consider this, uh, I don't know, a single or, nice or a licks. demo. But, uh, Something to make you half hard for our for the full length. For the full length <laughs> that it will be on. So, um, Can't very, wait for it. Yeah, it's we're very be awesome. excited for it. We're, uh, we kind of got an idea in mind already for Because we know we've been playing these songs for years now. So it, we think it's going to be a pretty quick recording process. <laughs> <Little hearts. laughs> and uh, Years? These songs, yes, yeah. Thank well, the you, one, the one, we we had songs one and two written and were playing uh, back in 2016. Damn. So some of these songs are uh, are pretty old. So um, age on them, they're gonna be delicious. Like Crusades, though. <laughs> Crusader, the the last song on the al- on the album that's getting ready to come out is this song that we're getting ready to release, Crusaders. Of the Empire. It's a ten and a half minute pop dun, hit. Dun, dun, it dun. is absolute. It's so catchy. Yeah, yeah. It's they straight up go K-pop on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. 
I was going to say it's murder metal. But I was going to say. I'm, nah. I will, Dan I says not. it's boner inducing. I will not it's true. disrespect I agree. his music like I can't that, listen to him in public. He gets really I've had some reviews. They say <laughs> I'm hard right now. I've heard a, re- a review of a <laughs> song that it, it, it definitely it. takes you on a journey. That's what we were going for with a lot of these songs, I think. You guys that is very... downright lovely. All oh, right, Osiris. Oh, right. Good job, bearded Iris. Good. Bearded Osiris. Straight Cyrus. up, just mosaic. Bearded Iris. This reminds me, actually, of Super <laughs> that's, Nugget. That's Bros. a great description, Dan. <laughs> Dan. Dan jumps in, referring to the new Weed V song, saying it's a dynamic sonic journey from soft whispers to murderous growls. We are laughing. True. We are laughing at some parts, listening to my vocals by themselves, because it just sounds so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like all by itself, can't yeah, hear anything. Exactly. But yeah, that's the, that's the like best. That. But it's like, yeah. Are you okay? Like, yeah, dude, I'm fine. Like, yeah, I'm great. You, you sound like you're hurting. Oh yeah, I've been stabbed and it hurts. Do it right. I am. Why? True. Why? I'm hurting a little bit. Oh, wait, this is awesome. More lows though. Oh yeah, more this, lows. this brew oh, in feature. particular though does remind me of the, maybe uh, when we stop the the recording we'll we'll do a quick uh, a quick zoom in on our new piece of art back here, Miss Jess Wadley. Uh, she calls it the Galaxy Hop. It's a hop floating in space. It is beautiful and, and galaxy it's all shimmery. Are a thing and yeah. they're delicious. Yes, it's a. Uh, it's actually Super Nugget Bros is uh, Galaxy and Mosaic Hops, which is why this beer reminds. Well, me I made it. the I made the joke being a nerd. I said. Because there's a uh, there's a game called Mario Galaxy. Yeah, it's the only one that I can think of that has a name. That there's a hop to. I was yeah. like, this has to. Ha- it's better have Galaxy in it. So when I saw that it was, I was like, I don't know why that mattered, but it did. It, it really. I mean, did. yeah, absolutely. It fucks with it mentally to drink it more. Like, oh yeah. yes, I want it was, more it was, of that. Seriously, it was a good bomber. <laughs> I wish I could have it again. There were. It, I really liked it. Austin got some terrible ones that exploded. and Really? Ooh. That's bad. Yikes. Oh, no, it wasn't so much. They didn't explode. They had a super metallic-y taste. So oh. something went wrong oh. with something went wrong with the candy, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Which I've had when we went, when we, uh, I'm not going to bring up the brewery. Tastes like, tastes like Red Wings. That, but, but we were at, we were all, we were all there playing a show. And I had this, I had oh, this beer. It was yeah. a brand new beer. They just tapped it that day. It and was it a tasted, hazy. It tasted metallic in the end to the point where. You know, I just told AJ, I'm like, you're not dumping that. You got to drink it. Uh, I could not finish this beer because after a couple of drinks, I felt like it was cutting my throat. Yeah, it was like, so metallic. And they like, told me dude, that that's just how it's supposed fire, to taste. Like, nope. You get waste. Their barley wines and like <laughs> browns and like stouts <laughs> were freaking fire, though. They had a bunch of great beer. Yeah. It was just that one thing that we didn't agree with. Weird. Jess Wadley's in here now on Facebook Live. Bobby, welcome. Lewis. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Lewis. Welcome, everybody. And thank you to everybody that's listening to the audio, whether it be on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Music, Stitcher. We appreciate you guys. Where is that one? Might as well give a quick shout-out to the Journey to Comics Network in general because they're really awesome. Uh, When y'all go to Nashville, that's where they're from. Ooh. Looks like a stop you're going to have to make. 